Hey everyone, this is William from A Fan's Perspective. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How to record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen on? How do I make money from this podcast? Well, guys, the answer was really easy. The answer was Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with a great sponsor who wants to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Guys, let me be real. Anchor has changed the way I look at podcasts. It made it really easy for me to get in there, start editing my stuff, and get it out to you. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money while doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear what you come up with in your podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to A Fan's Perspective. I'm here today with Mr. Joshua Gray. How are you doing today, Mr. Gray? Doing well. Hope everybody's doing well. All right. So today our subject is going to be the college football playoffs. Now, uh, we're going to keep this segment to about 25 to 30 minutes. That way all of you know about what to expect. But I want to start off with the idea of a four team system uh i know i'm beating a dead horse here um but i know you think an 18 system would be okay but i i prefer the 16 team system and i know you have a fundamental a fundamental like disagreement with that right yeah because if you do an eight eight game playoff and guarantee the power five conference champions in each conference champion is almost like having that quarterfinal or that that round of 16. Yes. And then that way you have in your at-large bids at three teams, whereas if there's a, a one-loss non-conference champion, they can get it in. Um, a conference champion from a non-Power 5 school, which would be UCF, would could get in. Then you have your, you have your teams there. But with uh, – any of them, you're always going to get the fringe teams that are complaining, well, we should have got in, we got screwed. And there's always going to be that argument at the backside of wherever the cutoff is well, for 8-16. To be honest, yeah. Um, and the big thing is for me personally is I like the idea of, I mean, if we looked at it that way, the way you just described, to where a school like UCF has a, has a chance. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, Last year, they did the whole parade of, hey, we're national champions, even though we know they weren't. But I would love to see that opportunity for them to get in and and then just end it, you know, like uh, in that argument, in that debate, like, are you good enough to be here with us? And if so, here's your chance to prove it. Because to be honest, they don't play anybody through the year. I think the exactly. schedule is garbage. Beat somebody of, of note and then you'll be considered. <laughs> so our big conversation today 
is we're going to talk about the four teams that are in the college football playoffs in Alabama, who will be playing Oklahoma, and Clemson, who will be playing Notre Dame. Now, we're going to start, because uh, we have to, to be honest with you, with the Alabama-Oklahoma game, because to me, that that honestly has the implications of, for me personally, who's going to win the national championship, because if Oklahoma can take out Alabama, I wouldn't put it past them to just wipe the floor with whatever team they run into. But that being said, I do feel like that Alabama is going to come out on top on this game just honestly because I think defensively that's what's going to push them on. I don't think – because we know Oklahoma can, can compete with them offensively. I think they have to worry about defensively. And, I mean, if Oklahoma is going to be – the Oklahoma offense that we know of, the main goal for them is going to be keeping Alabama off the field. They can't put points on the board if they're not on the field. I, I agree, and I think that's the biggest thing that teams have run into is is if you can't keep that Alabama offense off the field, then you're going to lose because they have four great wide receivers. They have a solid running back core. Then defensively, their quarterbacks, they just seem to read and cut off routes so well with keeping receivers in front of them. So you have to keep that offense off the field. That way, at least you give your offense a chance to score and keep the game close, if not win it. Exactly. And then with, I think it's going to be a a high-scoring game, somewhere between 80 and 100 points. That's just how I feel. I mean, you got two the two best quarterbacks in college football, um, in Tagovailoa if he plays. Yeah, if he does have right now, you know, if he does have that ankle injury. So I, I look for Coach Saban to honestly have Jalen Hurts in there because uh, I just don't think he's going to take the risk of losing a player like Tagovailoa by pushing him through and and letting him play. Um, you know, I just I don't think that's a smart decision. I think we'll see Jalen Hurts under center. And we very well could. And that's, that's still going to be a true test for the Oklahoma defense. But with Kyler Murray, all year I've I've thought he was a better quarterback than Tiger Vailoa. No. I think that Kyler Murray should win the Heisman Trophy over him. I don't know if he's going to because – at least 10% of the Heisman voters had already submitted their their votes, their ballots, before the conference championships even, even played. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually a point that me and you both agree on is that the Heisman Trophy, uh, that should be something that should be all-inclusive, including the regular season all the way up to the national championship because you have regular season trophies. Like, for example... Uh, congratulations to Tiger Valoa. He actually won the Walter Camp Award. But does that qualify him to win the Heisman? Well, I would like to think, and we know that thinking it is, is not actuality, but you would like to think that the Heisman is actually taken into account with the entire season, including the playoffs. But we know for a fact that, as you just said, the people that vote on the Heisman most of the time get their votes in before the playoff games even start or happen. So I feel like that the Heisman Trophy 
doesn't necessarily represent what it should represent. And and it doesn't. I mean, it's never been classified as a regular season award. It's always been it's always been given out before all the bowl games take place. And that's why we've seen countless times the Heisman Trophy winner just get embarrassed in the national championship game or whatever bowl game he's playing in. Yeah, and I think that's really actually sad because you would want that that to be like the epitome or the top level of a reward like it's supposed to be. And, and that does suck when you have a guy that wins that. Then they step in whether it be the national championship game or just one of the big, you know, what I'll call the big five bowl games. Um, and then they do have a really bad game. And, and then you have people questioning, well, should he have been the Heisman Trophy winner in the first place? Because it does look bad. It does look bad that that particular player wasn't able to handle. Maybe it seems like he wasn't able to handle the pressure of that game. Even if that player has a great game, but their team still comes out losing, then it still brings up that, that question. Well, why wasn't he able to push his team into that winning, you know, that winning circle? Why wasn't he able to help them get the W? Right. And to that point, I, I feel like the Heisman Trophy is not a, an award for leadership. It's an award for play. Well, how, how you play. And I mean, a lot of times it is the quarterback that's winning that. Sometimes it's a running back. But – and the quarterback should be the, the, the leader on the team. But getting, getting everybody else up to play for a game – I don't know if I can agree with that, but your your basic premise is correct that it should be all encompassing from from start to finish. And well, college college football would probably it's it's more relevant for longer if you're holding that Heisman ceremony that's on the four letter network all the time yeah. after the season. That way you're extending your relevancy even a couple weeks further. Well, I think that's a big thing because college football fans, they really want access to college football longer than what they get. And I know every year you have that countdown of, you know, so many days till kickoff. But you're exactly right. I think extending that Heisman Trophy presentation out a couple weeks after the season or the season completely ends keeps college football relevant. It keeps people with the ability of getting that taste for football, keeping it in their mouth. We're not seeing games played, but we are still having, you know, the award ceremony. We actually, you know, still having that talk about college football. It keeps teams fresh in, in, in the fans' minds, even for fair weather fans. You know, if your team was hot that year and then, hey, you, you get to be happy for a little bit longer. But, you know, for fans like, you know, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles here in Hattiesburg, who won enough games to get a bowl game, but didn't get one. You know, you don't necessarily want to think about the season after it ends. You just kind of want to move on and think about what's coming up. And that's that's kind of the tit for tat for it is because it's great for teams that have a participant included in that award. But once you get away from it, hey, you know, 95 uh, percent of the other teams just want to forget and move on. Right. Plus, it leads you it leads you straight into uh, National Signing Day. Exactly. Now. To get back on topic, I know we kind of strayed there a little bit about, you know, the frustration of the, how the Heisman goes down. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit because we talked about, you know, keeping the Alabama offense off the field. Now, Oklahoma's defense was ranked 108th in the FBS. Um, they're, they're giving up about 448 yards per game. Now, Alabama will take that all day. They will take a defense that's giving up that amount all day because they know they can produce those high, you know, those high yards. But what can we see or what can we hope to see from the Oklahoma defense to kind of help slow down that Alabama offense, keep them off the field, as you said? Well, the uh, the Oklahoma defense isn't going to have much say in that. <laughs> they've given up in the, in the last six of the last eight games, they've given up over 35 points or over 30 points. And in five of those, it was over 40 points. And I don't expect that trend to stop with the Alabama game. Alabama's going to put 40 points up on them. Well, yeah, to to extend out what you're talking about is – so Oklahoma's played 13 games, correct? Well, the defense has been on the field for 966 plays, and they've given up 5,825 yards throughout the season. That's an average of six yards a play. Now, if we know how Nick Saban runs his offense, if you're giving up six yards, that gets you second and short, and Nick Saban's going to eat that up all day. So they really have to tighten down and make sure that, you know, Damian and Najee Harris aren't able to bust through that front line and get those six yards, and they need to keep those receivers kind of close. If not, we're going to have what you said, a high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be Alabama scoring all the high points. And we're going to see Oklahoma kind of get pooped on. Well, that's that's the that's the whole keeping the Alabama offense off the field is through the Oklahoma offense. I mean, yeah, the Oklahoma offense is historically bad. They gave up thir- what was it, thirty three points to, or no, over forty points to a Kansas team that only scored seven on Baylor. So what you're saying is, is Oklahoma really has to believe in the time management for that game. They, they have, have to be in control. Up clock on their drives. Yeah. So they need touchdowns. They they need seven minute touchdown drives every time. Yeah, because I mean once Alabama's defense, that's the thing about their defense, is they're very diligent to not blow coverages. They're they're reading the quarterback's eyes, they're looking at the setup, and they're being very diligent on that. Now I know we said we were going to keep this, you know, around twenty or thirty minutes. So what I want to do is I want to parlay over to the Clemson versus Notre Notre Dame game because I think it's going to be a good game because both offenses is pretty good. But when we look at it, it's the defenses is defense that stands out to me. Notre Dame twenty first, Clemson number four uh, in defense across the FBS. So I think it's really going to be whichever offense can get up and going because I think both defenses will look pretty good. I, I I think the defense is – it's going to be a closer game, and I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than the other one. Um, I mean, Clemson's front four are quite possibly one of the best, not only in Clemson history, but they're some of the best all around from top to bottom we've seen in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only front four that I think can compete with them is Alabama. And that's because right now in Tuscaloosa, in my honest opinion, that's the best Alabama team we've seen in Tuscaloosa 
in years, if not ever. Yeah, they're very well coached, but they've Alabama has had a knack for sending people to the NFL who underachieved. Not so much on the defense, mostly on the offense. So you're kind of referring yeah. to like Amari Cooper with that. Some with Amari Cooper. Um, what? McCarron? No. Who's I would, no been the cool, the cool thing is, is I think A.J. McCarron, um, I think he could have been a good quarterback. I think he kind of got thrust into having to be someone he wasn't way too fast. Um, and I think that was A.J. McCarron's issue. Now, as we discussed in our last talk, Amari Cooper is a different person right now in Dallas than he was in Oakland. Now, I don't know what's attributed to that. Maybe he didn't want to play in Oakland. And now he's, he's with a team that he feels like he can make a career with. Um, but you're exactly right. When Amari Cooper came into the league, he was touted as going to be, you know, one of the top five receivers across the league. And he never panned out as being that person. No. But going back to the Clemson-Notre Dame game, with how strong Clemson's defense is and how inconsistent Notre Dame's defense or offense has been, I don't know that they're going to put up the necessary points in, in order to compete. No, I will be a closer game. But I, I, I'm just not sure that they have what it takes to beat that number four overall defense. And I agree with you 100% on that because I firmly uh, – I've, I've stood by this since they announced it. I feel like we're going to get another Clemson-Alabama game. However, I don't think Alabama is going to give them the edge like they did last time. I think if, if it gets down late in the fourth and Clemson has a chance, I think we're going to see Nick Saban go all out to prevent – another Clemson victory, you know, with, what, nine seconds on the clock, what it was. <laughs> he can't put Tiger Vailua back in. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that, that's, the, that's the thing for me is uh, I firmly believe Alabama is going to want to be our national champion, but I think you're what you have talked, alluded to earlier is, and, and it wasn't necessarily on, on this cast, but we had talked about it, is Clemson and, and Alabama have been kind of going back and forth for a couple of years now. And I want to see that. I kind of want this to be that definitive, you know, right now, who is the best? Because we have two teams that have players that are the best in their program's history. I want to see, I want to see that matchup. I want to see which team has the overall better ability to pull this game out. Yes. I mean, that, that would be the, the most fun game to watch. I I also wouldn't mind the Clemson Oklahoma game. Uh top defense versus top offense. Yeah. Yeah. Watch just to see. I mean if any if history shows us anything, defense usually comes out on top of that. I'll uh Broncos versus Seahawks Super Bowl. Yes. Um, Now, I know we're we're talking college playoffs right now, but there is one thing you being from in in the Ohio, you know, genre, if you will, you're you're from Ohio. So how do you feel? uh, And was it a shock to you, uh, Urban Meyer announcing his retirement after the end of the season? 
it was not a shock. <clears throat> One, I'm kind of glad they announced it when they did, so I didn't we didn't have to hear our talk radio up here talking over and over and on the national radio talking over and over. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he staying? Is he going? What are they going to do? We have our answers. Urban's gone. Ryan Days has taken over. Now, uh, I, I think you had talked to me about it because um, it stems back all the way to Florida, I think, what me and you had talked about, but you had alluded to the idea or to the notion that Urban Meyer would get himself so worked up that he would have these massive migraines and health issues yeah. kind of stemmed away from that. So I know you yeah, had said it didn't shock you because of that. <clears throat> right. He, he left after uh, Florida for the same health reasons, did that year in broadcasting felt better and then went back to coaching and he gets so worked up in these games. He gets these stress induced migraines that send him to the hospital sometimes. And it's, it's bad for his health. And he, he actually had a, uh, a signed contract with, from his daughter that if it ever became, if it ever became back to that, he would walk away. Well, it definitely looks like he's doing that. All right, Josh. So what we're going to do is is we're going to wind up uh, this segment. But uh, before we go, I just want to let everyone know, look, guys, we, we really want to let y'all know this is going to be a weekly thing. Um, uh, Josh is going to step in and he's going to be on, on my podcast with me. But the way you can make this bi- podcast better, there is a support tab, which allows us to get better connection, get better equipment. That way we can give you all the best product that we can. Now, I do know we have plans in the future and we look forward to passing those on to y'all, but be sure to give us a like, give us a share, you know, let, let people know that we're here. Now, Josh, that being said, let's talk about it. So Alabama, Oklahoma, who you got and by how much? I have Alabama winning that game. By a score of 48-44. All right. And I actually have Alabama winning that game, so we're in agreement on that. But I actually have a little bit closer. I have it at 28-7. to All right. So now to Clemson-Notre Dame. How do you have that one coming up? Clemson-Notre Dame, I have Clemson winning. And the score, lower score, I'm going to go 33 to 20. 33 to 20. Nice. Well, I actually agree. I have Clemson winning. However, I think it's going to be an even closer game. I actually think it's going to be 28-14. Now, that brings us to Alabama versus Clemson in the national championship, which is what we want uh, as fans because, let's face it, that's what we've all been looking forward to. But how do you have that one going? I have Clemson tying up the series two to two and winning 35-33. Man, I'll tell you what, it's it's pretty crazy because we're actually quite the opposite. I do have Alabama taking that game. I think Alabama will be our national champions. However, I don't see it being such a high-scoring game. I think we're going to have two Great defense is coming. I think we're going to have a great defensive showing in this one. I actually have it lower than that. I actually have it 14 to 7. I know I'm crazy for that because we have two high-powered offenses, but I think the defenses are going to step up and we're going to see a really close game there. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll only time can tell for that for sure. Hey, by the way, I just want to give a big shout out to Brian. Uh, he he wants Notre Dame to win kind of bad. Sorry, bud. Uh, I just couldn't couldn't in good conscience say Notre Dame was going to win any of these games. Um, you know, Brian Brian's a good friend. You know, Brian. And um, man, I just don't think Notre Dame's got it in them. Speaking of Notre Dame not having it in them. How did how did you feel about them? Uh, do you think they deserve to be in the in the final in the final four? No, um, personally, um, me and you've had that conversation. I really feel like it should have been Georgia or Ohio. Uh, Ohio probably should have got there a little bit more than Georgia. Um, I just think the way Georgia played against Alabama in that SEC championship game, that I think they should have been more in the picture as far as at least conversational. Uh, and if they weren't going to be the ones to go in, I think it should have been Ohio State over Notre Dame. Yeah, I was not just because I, I'm up here, <clears throat> but knowing it's er, knowing knowing it was probably Urban's last year here, I kind of wanted to see Urban versus Saban one more time. Yeah, um, honestly, that would have been a great a great send off for Urban Meyer, just for the simple fact that you have two of the greatest coaches to ever coach college football. And Urban's getting the opportunity to step away from the game after having challenged himself against a fellow person or a fellow coach that that honestly is is amazing in his own right. And I think Urban, outside of the the little controversies we had going on uh, about his knowledge, not necessarily him being involved in what was going on, but his his knowledge of what was going on. I think outside of that little that little asterisk. Um, and I think in, a, in several years, people won't even talk about it. But I think that's the only kind of niche next to his name that he wish would have never came up. Yeah, and we'll never know the true story. And, and I actually agree with you 100% on that. Well, Josh, it, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And uh Ladies and gentlemen, we plan on doing this uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays, so we'll have a new podcast at the latest on Thursday nights coming up. Uh, We are available on all your streaming platforms, so check us out, whether it be on Apple, Google, whether you want to use Spotify. What we care about is that we're actually getting subjects out that you want to hear. Now, you can email me at a fan's perspective. 01 at gmail.com to give us suggestions. We would love to talk about things that y'all want to hear about. So just shoot me an email and and me and Mr. Josh here will get together and and we'll get y'all information on how we feel about it. And uh, Josh, you got anything else to say, man? I just want to remind everybody, stay safe, have fun, be you. Let's go. All right. Everybody, y'all have a good night. And it was great talking to y'all. And here we go.